Hello, 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 welcome, 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 glad you could make it. I am Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern for those that are mountain challenged. Glad you could be with us. Um, so today we're going to give our shipping, shipping report as we always do. We'll give you a brief update on the warehouse. Um, and then we have a really cool giveaway, lots of fish food, a virtual smorgasbord of fish food to give away. Oh, I forgot to do something. We'll turn off these lights. Otherwise, it's like a lot of glow coming from there. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it, maybe it looks cool. I, I, I'm always afraid it'll be distracting, though. Okay, there we are. Let's get going. So the shipment report. So we had a... Uh, quite an event shipping this week, which is um, we took all our packages up to UPS like we always do um, at about 5.30 or so on Monday for shipping, and everything seemed to be good, in good order, no issues, yay. Got up the next morning and saw that everything had been delayed. Uh, apparently there was a major thunderstorm cell over one of the airports that the packages need to go through. And the plane could not land. So literally every package, I think that's a true statement. I think every package we shipped Monday did not arrive until today. So delays always make us nervous. But the good news is, um, as far as was reported as of an hour ago or so, um, when I last checked, everyone made it okay. So despite the delay, everyone made it okay. Now, if, if they didn't, let us know. <laughs> but uh, we're working under the assumption that even with the delay, things went fine and no one had any losses. So that's good news. Um, some bad news, though, is we shipped a customer, Jenny, if you're listening, um, 12 Pygmy Corridoras on the 9th of May. And they all seemed fine. And then about three days after she got them, she started to have losses. And as of today, out of those 12, there's only four left. So I'm not sure what's going on there because that batch of Corys has been rock solid for us. I think we got about 200 in. There might be like, how many are left? Like 20? Like we've sold almost all of them. So Pygmy. Yeah, there's 20 left. Huh. <laughs> Talk about accurate. And um, so... No one else had issues that I can recall that that batch was sent to, and we haven't had any issues here. So we've been trying to troubleshoot with the customer, and ammonia looks good. Uh, the tank is established. Uh, temperature is mid-70s. Like, like everything about it seems like it should be working for them. So that is one issue, though, that we're trying to resolve now. Not sure what's going on in, in that tank, and I aren't having any luck pinpointing something we can help with. So that's a bummer. So Jenny, I just want to apologize that's happening. I know how frustrating that can be. Um, and uh, we'll keep working with you to do our best and uh, try to figure out what's going on and we'll, we'll make it right. But but you say that, I mean, fish are dying. You can't really, you know, resurrect them, but we'll, we'll definitely take care of you as much as we can. Um, so that's always a mystery, right? When an entire batch of fish is doing well for us and doing well for everyone we send them to, but one customer has a problem. So then it's either something happened during shipping, like 
that really stressed them. Like they were set out in the sun and they got too hot or for some reason they were set on top of an air conditioning vent and they got too cold or something like that. Something weird. Or there's something going on in the tank that we just don't know and aren't able to pinpoint. So it's a, it's a bummer situation, but you know we're, we like to be transparent here and tell you when we do have problems. So that's definitely a problem we had. Um, and yeah, so that was from the shipment on the 9th that we're just hearing about and trying to work through. Besides that though, everything for the last several weeks has gone pretty smoothly despite the delay. Um, so that's the report. All right, with that, I want to talk about tonight's giveaway because I think it's a good one. So tonight's giveaway is sponsored by the um, Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist Facebook page. And let's see here, take you there. So these are the folks donating all the items for the giveaways all throughout the month of May. So the month of May is Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist Month. And they've done a pack of shrimp. They have um, done, oh geez, I just forgot what we did last week. It was guppies, wasn't it? <laughs> I literally just forgot what we did last week. I have camera brain. Um, and this week we are doing fish food. So a 10 pack of fish food, all those different foods you see in the thumbnail are included. And so let me tell you what they are. Four ounces of guppy and live bearer food, all live stages with a bunch of decapsulated brine shrimp in that food. Nano tropical green. I think those are granules. Seven ounce. So that's, that's number two, four ounces of nano tropical green, seven ounces. So a big boy pack, almost half a pound of beef heart flake. 3.5 ounces of kelp wafers, three ounces of slow dissolved shrimp sticks, four ounces of grow and spawn, three ounces of incestra sticks, four ounces of veggie wafers, four ounces of krill sticks, three ounces of meat wafers. You get the point. It's a lot of food. And of these 10 types of food, nine of them are actually made in the USA. One is not, it's packaged in the USA, but the, the other nine are actually made right here in the USA. So I think that's pretty cool. That's provided by um, Guppy Barn Aquatics, um, who's a, a member of Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist Facebook group. Uh, to, it's, it's kind of, I guess it's a membership drive month for them. Do you remember the old PBS membership drives? If you ever watched public television? That's what it is. We need a bunch of people in back of me with telephones to take your calls. But anyway, um, if you're looking for a Facebook group about fish and the fish hobby, then uh, do consider Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist and uh, check them out and see if there's something you want to join up with. So anyway, that's the giveaway. Now to enter the giveaway, all you do is enter hashtag thanksiah. That stands for Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist. Hashtag thanksiah. No spaces, caps don't matter. Thanks, I-A-H. That's T-H-A-N-K-S-I-A-H, right? To be entered. So um, that's the giveaway. And I think it's super cool. There's, there's lots of things where it's like, if it's a specific animal that people are probably like, oh, I can't fit that in my tank or, you know, my, I don't know my other animals will eat it <laughs> or whatever, right? It doesn't work for their situation. But fish food, we can all pretty much always use more fish food. 
So, <laughs> so I think that's a pretty good giveaway and useful for everyone. And I want to thank Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist Facebook group for, um, for providing all the giveaways for this month. That's awfully nice of you folks. Thank you. All right, I have missed a super chat. It is from Kelly Foreman. Kelly, hello. Kelly says, my new gobies and axelrod rasbors look great and look great together. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. Sorry for the delay. Glad they arrived safely. I mean, I kind of figured they would. The weather's pretty good, and we do package for the long haul. We package our fish in case there are delays so that they'll still be okay. But it still makes you nervous because... When I do the heat packs, it's that time of year where it's cold at night, but can be hot during the day. So there's times where I have to ship places where it's like 43 degrees is the low, and it might be in the 80s for the high. So I ship with a smaller heat pack in the hopes that it gets delivered, you know, on time. <laughs> and it usually does. The concern when it's delayed is, oh great, there's a heat pack in there. What happens later in the day when the temperature gets warmer, when it reaches the mid 80s? Is it gonna overheat? Um, we mitigate that though by putting a, a lot of, I call it, it's basically a heat sink. <laughs> it's a, a lot of water volume in our bags or in our boxes so that you know hopefully we can mitigate temperature swings that way. Um, and we also keep the water really clean and use pure oxygen with our fish so what happens when the water heats up that's the real danger if they get this time of year the real danger isn't so much they'll get too cold as that they might get too hot usually what happens to fish when they get too hot is as the water heats up oxygen saturation drops so, so there's a lot less oxygen in the water available for the fish to breathe through their gills and the fish can suffocate so by using doing our two-day process to make sure that the fish are pretty much cleaned out that their intestinal their intestines are cleaned out and there's no poop in there to come out right and foul the bag and uh, so the water is nice and clean and it's pure oxygen even if it gets warm usually there's still enough oxygen saturated into the water that they'll be okay even if they get a little too warm on the trip so um, I kind of figured they'd be okay but it does make me nervous when you know you're trying to ride the temperature swings and if there's a, a night and a day, that's fine. But if there's a night and a day and a night and a day, then the swings can get a little... And you've packed for just one night and day as far as heat goes. Um, yeah, that, that's the tricky part this time of year and in the fall. But even so, things are going well. Bex Fish Room, thank you so much for throwing money at us, Bex. We appreciate it. Any idea when you'll be getting more giant coolies in? Also, question... I was under the impression giant coolies were P. Myersi and P. Semisincta is a different species. Um, P. Semisincta, let's let's go on a field trip together and look. Uh, Pangio Myersi. Oops, I can't type. So Pangio Myersi. How big does this fish get? Giant coolie loach. So Bex, don't don't go by um, common name because there's a real, I don't know if you call it issue, but a reality in this hobby that common names are unreliable. So um, let's go by, I mean, I have to put a common name in, right? Or, or a lot of people won't even know that it's a coolie loach. If I put in Pangio Semisincta, 
most people won't even know what that is. So I have to put some kind of common name in the listing when there's an industry established common name available. But basically, any coolie loach that gets like four or five inches is, is considered, I believe, a giant coolie loach. Let's see here. So that's 10 centimeters. So how big is that in inches? So 3.9 inches. So let's call that four inches, right? So that's Pangeo Meyer's eye. Pangeo semi-syncta. That's how big. Same size, yeah. So they're both a, a species of giant coolie, I would say. Um, and it totally depends on the listing and the store you're buying from and, and what their supplier calls them. Like the common names get all mixed up over all kinds of species. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, go, uh, I go more by size and common name. Um, and I list the scientific name as well so people can know exactly what they're getting. So yeah, common names are just rough. They're like one common name can apply to 10 different species. And when it comes to coolie loaches and actually a lot of fish in this hobby, you don't actually know often what you're getting. The supplier might call them giant coolie loach. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to order those, but there's no scientific name. And you're like, okay, I guess they're giant coolie loaches. Or they might call them Pangeo semisincta. And you're like, yes, yay. But you can't really tell on a young uh, coolie loach which species, which species it is. So there's a <laughs> there's a lot of guesswork on identifying fish there's a few species you know of fish that are actually a lot of species that we can look at and i can get and look at and be like nope that's not what they said they were i know what that is um but there's lots that just are really hard that the toughest for me are fish like severums and geophagus and things like that because those guys get you know decent size and when we get them, they might only be an inch, maybe two inches. They don't have any color yet. They don't have any distinguishing characteristics yet. So, um, you know, you get those, you hope the supplier labeled them correctly because you're not going to know for months what they actually are until they grow out and color up. So it's, it's this big guessing game for sure. Yeah. Hey, we got another one from Alexander Engelhart. Hey, Alexander, good to see you, my friend. Thank you so much for the generous super chat. And I'm working my way through your interview uh, with Rico Stan. I'm loving the story <laughs> about the nudists who wanted to take a selfie with President Obama. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, <laughs> can you imagine me and the president being like, this is going to be bad for optics? <laughs> Oh boy, that cracked me up. <laughs> All right, a lot of good stories and stuff on that uh, interview that Rico Stan did with Alexander Hengelhart. I'd, I'd highly recommend it. <laughs> okay, with that, I want to briefly go over um, the fish that we have coming up that will be available. Um, I should have them up by this Friday. I just, I've been tied up with some extra things this this last little while and wasn't able to get pictures of them and things today. So the plan is tomorrow to get all the pictures taken and stuff. Um, I have most of the listings 
built. Like, I don't have descriptions and things like that. I just have the species and the size. <laughs> I haven't been able to ride anything up. But my hope is tomorrow to get pictures taken and get these all up on Friday. I don't know what time Friday. I'll do my... As soon as I'm able to get all the pictures up and, and loaded and make sure they're decent and all that, I'll get them. I'll get them. It might be Friday morning. Could take me till the evening. But Friday I'll get them listed. So the fish that we have coming up let's let's start with with an oldie but goodie the rosy barb so dan why did you get rosy barbs well it's because i think that they do awesome for in summer tubs they're great for ponds and summer tubs and things like that so tis the season and i was able to get pears so i'm able to offer them in pairs so if you want to do some summer tubbing put a, a few pairs out in a patio pond or whatever um then by the end of the uh summer you should bring in lots of babies it should be it should be a fun time in fact we have lots of babies from them already they're breeding like crazy for us so fun fish not rare or anything like that super hardy um, but but i thought maybe with patio pond season upon us it would be a one that people would want kochu tetras the blue kochu tetra um They've changed the genus on this one, but the, the species name is the, is the same, Fred Kochuai. And they're a beautiful gradient type sky blue. They really are as nice as they are in the pictures. They look great. Congo Tetras, and the ones we have are all males. So um, you're gonna end up with the color. I specifically ordered males because there's been a few batches where I didn't specify the sex and I ended up with mostly females. I think they were still too young to tell for me exactly, but I, I don't want to, someone to order like a dozen Congo Tetras expecting to get a, a good mix and then end up with only females. Right? So I think what they might do sometimes is separate the sexes. And when you order non-gender specific, send out females because they can charge more for the males. So I spent some more to get ones that were for sure males, and they are. I can see them developing the white um, um, edges on their fins. They're still small, maybe an inch and a half on the bigger ones in there. So they have a lot of growing to do. They don't have the extensions or anything like that yet, but but I think they should, you, you have a really good shot of getting a lot of color um, when, they're, when they're grown up. Um, Epistogramma agazizii. And it's not the one from this specific river, but the reason I did that is because if you if you search for just Epistogramma agazizii, you get all the morphs. And the ones that we have are not like the big orange the orange flashes or the reds or anything like that. They're they're more the wild type. So they look more like these. Uh, bold black line down the middle, have that neat tail. Um, so this is the type of agazizii we have. Not Rio Negro, but but a, a more of a wild type agazizii. Leopard tenopoma, and they are about an inch and cute as a button. They're eating really well. They're eating vibrobites. They love bloodworms. They're, they're little piggies, so they, they should do, do well for you. I want to take a video of them just absolutely mobbing the food. Like, you look in the tank and you don't see much because I have a whole bunch of plants in there. And then I drop in some bloodworms or vibrobites, and, like, the plants turn alive. Like, what was a still little tenopoma suddenly starts moving and this big cloud of them come and start eating and it's really cool. 
Um, again, for patio season, patio pond season, we got some uh, paradise fish. These do really well in a wide range of temperatures. They can take it down to freezing pretty much, um, and they can take it up pretty hot. They, they're a, a very hardy fish. In fact, I think this is the anabantoid that most people should get instead of a betta. Um, most people get a betta, they get a, you know, a container for it, and they put it out on their desk or something like that in their home or in their office. The problem is bettas want to be warm, and I mean real warm. They're super happy in the mid-80s, um, but most of us keep our homes, you know, not nearly that hot. So over the long term, you get this beautiful betta, and then you watch it slowly degrade over several months just because it's not kept warm enough. This is a fish that doesn't mind the cold and, and is an anabantoid just like a betta. It can breathe air. So I think in those types of setups, this fish does much better than a betta because it's not going to suffer from lower temperatures. Now, they are going to grow to three inches or so, and they're fairly robust fish. You don't want to keep them something super small, but I've seen them in, in like a two and a half gallon, five gallon aquarium or one of the larger like you know, five gallon bowls or whatever out on patios and things. And they looked great and were doing well. So um, I think they can work really well in a patio type situation, summer tubbin type situation. Um, or instead of getting a betta, consider a paradise fish. It'll do a lot better for you. Give it a little more room, but you're not going to have it degrade because of a temperature issue. We also have the albino form of the paradise fish. Madagascar rainbow fish, which are beautiful and get decent size. This will grow four or five inches or so. Some more Bosmani angel, angel fish. I always do that. Rainbow fish. Um, this is the classic aquarium strain. Not as expensive as the Aves Creek or the um, um, Itinjo populations. All right. For Xanadudu... I brought in some Celebes rainbows. <laughs> they came in at like half an inch. So we have Celebes rainbows, and they're awesome, and they're doing well, but they are small. There is no color yet. I, can't, I don't have a prayer of sexing them yet. We've got a whole bunch of little ones if you want to watch them grow up. I don't know why they sent me such small ones. I didn't order such teeny ones, but in this business, you order what you order, and you get what you get. Pseudomugil luminatus, a perennial, perennial, a constant favorite, just because uh, so beautiful. So, Pseudomugil luminatus, neon red blue eye. Some more rainbow shiners. I can't sex these. They're around an inch in size. Um, hopefully, they'll grow up and you'll get a nice mix of males and females because the males develop this nice blue spotting on the back. And when they go into breeding coloration, they turn this absolute stunning bright pink color. But that's not constant. It'll pop up during the breeding season from time to time. Um, but even without that, the males will develop this blue blue flecking on the back and are a really pretty fish. Um, got some spotted silver dollars. I don't usually carry this fish. It's a nice fish, but it usually gets a little bigger than I want to carry. What, does this one have ick? Oh my gosh. I could be wrong, but I think that this picture of this fish for sale is literally covered in ick. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Jeez. But anyway, 
they sent me these. I did not order them. They, they screwed up a bag in, in the box, and uh, I, I ended up with some. Um, cool fish, just not something I regularly have, but, you know, they're pretty for you silver dollar people out there. And from what I read, I don't think they get too big. I think we're talking max out at, like, maybe 7 to 9 inches. Now, I could be wrong. I've read false information on silver dollar sizes before. So, uh, Johnny, let me know. <laughs> how big these actually get in the chat. Gara Rufa, the Dr. Fish, another one I did not order, <laughs> but now I've got like 200 of them. So if you want a nice group of Gara Rufa, I will make you a deal. Good algae eating fish, all the attitude of a panda gar or whatever, um, but not as neatly patterned as a panda gara. But same attitude, same utility as far as eating algae and keeping your tank clean. Spotted head standers, and these came in awesome. They're every bit of three inches, a lot of them. They're nice, big ones. They're eating well. They're starting to gain weight really well. We've, we've put them through uh, dewormer. They, they obviously needed it, and uh, the results of them being dewormed are fantastic. They've rapidly started getting weight. They're eating ravenously, so I think they'll do really well for you. And they're big. Okay. The imitator catfish. So these guys are fun because they are a fish. This one literally imitates Corydora's uh, melanis. How do you say that? Melanistis. However you say that. Um, there's several species of these uh, Brachyrumdia, the imitator catfish, that mimic different kinds of Corydoras. And you can get them to spawn by keeping them with a group of corridors that they mimic and when the corys spawn these guys are triggered to spawn as well i don't think they do the cuckoo burrow thing like like uh synodonis i don't think they go and swap out eggs or anything like that because corys don't have parental care but for some reason they found it advantageous to look like a cory the difference is they're, they're a little different looking but the main difference is this is not the right species, but it shows a clear picture of these long feelers. And they don't have the big body scoots. Is it scoots or scuts? I've only read that word. I've never heard it that Corydoras have. But really interesting. A fish that literally mimics Corydoras, melanist, whatever that is. Um, yeah. Ninja woodcats. Always wanted them. Finally found some from a decent supplier. Uh, at a price that made sense. They're still expensive. Um, we've put them through deworming and everything, but they're eating well. They're gaining weight nicely. They're eating frozen bloodworms. They'll eat fiber bites. They'll eat uh, massive ore pellets. Uh, they don't seem to be picky. This one I'm excited about. This is the dwarf green farowella. Um, and they're a really neat fish. The species name, dichromum, talks about their color so when they're on a green so in nature these guys live in, in in rapidly flowing water on plants let's say you had a bunch of valisneria or um sword plants or something like that and the current's going over them so the leaves are all like kind of leaning against this the current's going down and the leaves are just horizontal against the current well, they get a lot of biofilm and algae growing on those leaves. And these little catfish, they're not really a farowella. They're more closely related to the uh, autosynclus, but they look a lot like a farowella and act a lot like a farowella. 
um, they have adapted to specialize in eating on these leaves. So they have two color phases. When they are on a green background, they look like this, this kind of, this green color. It reminds me of like a Afri green African bush snake or something like that. Now I realize this one's on a terracotta pot right now, but it must've just swum off a leaf and stuck there or something. But this is the green, the green coloration. This is one that Ivan just grabbed out of the wild and took a picture of. But when they are on a different colored background, they turn a brown color. So dichromium, right? Two colored, depending on their, their background. Cute little fish, they're about two inches or so. Um, they need biofilm and algae. We rotate rocks and pipes and plates and stuff that are covered with algae into the tank. Um, there's a great article, if you search the genus and species name. Um, oh, I thought I'd just switch back. Uh, if, you, if you search that on Google, you'll find this, this great article on keeping and breeding them. And um, the way they do it, because these guys are true grazers, is they have a bare bottom tank and they take powdered foods, powdered algae, maybe some Soylent Green, Rapashi, things like that, the powders, and they uh, shake them up in water, a little thing of water, and then pour them into the tank and those powders settle on the bottom and these fish will go across the bottom and eat the powders. That's how they're doing it. The way we're doing it is just feeding them a bunch of biofilm and, uh, and algae. But they're not gonna do well on your standard like flake foods and things like that. At least they aren't at first. They might, take, they might eventually get there. They graze all the time. They're not gonna do well if they're outcompeted by quick eaters. They need a lot of dwell time with the food. And something to always remember with these guys is their snout here, their rostrum, is covered with, it's kind of got this spot on it that's absolutely covered in these tiny little odontas. Is that how you say that, odontas? The spines, right? The little teeth, skin teeth. <laughs> and if you use a net, they are going to catch those in the net. And then you'll have a big problem on your hands. So don't ever use a fishnet with these guys. Kind of specialized, but also really cool. And, and uh, our batch is doing awesome. They're eating really well. They seem to be doing fine. Another neat one, this is a whiptail, the Janeiro whiptail. Um, and this, this is exactly what they look like right here. They come from uh, areas of, of high water flow, so they're going to need well oxygenated water. That's a great shot. Yep. Um, and the water needs to be clean. Clown plecos known and loved by all of us. The reason we like these is because they don't get big, right? They're gonna stay at maybe around three inches, maybe a little bigger than three inches, but in that range, three, three and a half inches. Ours are roughly around two inches right now, and they're little tanks. <laughs> they're so fat. We have some Charisidium tetras. We don't know the species. They came in as contaminants with some pencil fish. We only have a couple of them, but we do have some. I think they might be Fascidium. Uh, maybe this one, but they're, they're just little guys right now and they aren't really colored in. So I'm not quite sure which kind of darter or hummingbird tetra they are. And then we have some freshwater pipefish. We have four of them. We've had them for at least a month now, uh, just to make sure that they were doing well and going to live for you because they can be quite delicate. 
and they are they're doing fantastic ours eat mainly scuds um they eat baby shrimp and they will did my camera just go bye bye well hopefully you can still see me they eat baby shrimp and they eat uh baby brine shrimp they they're gonna need a lot of live foods though yeah it looks like my camera died hang on what's going on here stream health stream is healthy let me scroll to the bottom can people not see me camera went bye-bye okay it sure did for you guys too huh okay let me see what I can do about that okay I'm gonna turn the camera off and on real quick see if that makes a difference sorry guys <laughs> welcome to the podcast <laughs> exactly okay let's see if this will work now we just turned it back on and anything I'm not seeing anything battery exhausted oh <laughs> hang on I just gotta plug it in what a rookie mistake I I had it charging all day so I figured it was well charged but maybe uh, maybe I didn't have it connected properly okay let's try this one more time okay sorry guys Welcome to the podcast. Well, I bet we just lost all our viewers. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can get this going. Okay, what's going on now? Is this battery exhausted? Okay, that's fine, but you're plugged in, so why are you still exhausted? Is this thing not working? Yeah, you're plugged in. You're getting a charge. Okay... And now, it still thinks it's exhausted. Wait, wait, we had something. Oh, boy. I might need to just let the camera charge for half a minute, guys, to get enough charge to turn it on. Well, this is okay. I look much better in the dark, so. <laughs> um... Yeah, welcome to the podcast, I guess. I, I guess while we're just in just a few seconds, we'll turn the camera back on. But while we're waiting for that, um, there is one other little fish that I forgot to mention, which is the three line pencil fish, one of those small little pencil fish species. Um, I think it's Nanostomus trifosciata, I believe, if I remember right. Um, okay. Let's see if this will work again. Fingers crossed, here we go. Okay, come on, please work. All right. My ugly mug is back on screen. Sorry guys, I, uh, like I said, I, I charged the camera all afternoon because I usually do that just to make sure the camera is fully charged um, before I go. Because what happens is if the camera's charging while it's streaming, it gets too hot and wants to shut down. So I like to run it without it being charged uh, with just the battery, right? So it's not getting so hot. Um, and so I did that. So I thought we were all good to go, but apparently I didn't have it connected completely or something. So, you know, rookie mistake. Yay. Okay, we're back. 
Hey, we gained we gained viewers while that was happening. People just came to watch the pain, huh? <laughs> okay, let's make sure we're back. Stream is healthy. Da da da. Okay, I think we're good. All right, cheers. Thanks for waiting, guys. Okay, let me close all these tabs. Just so we don't overload the system again. Okay, there we go. So, with that, I want to get to my mods and just say thanks for <laughs> Orange Cone's goal. <laughs> I gained listeners. <laughs> I want to thank my mods for being here and doing what they do every week. Um, keeping this stream is on track as possible someone like me running it <laughs> they don't have a lot to work with and they do a really good job <laughs> um thanks i really appreciate you guys um with that i want to get to your questions and comments so if you have a question or comment for me please list it uh if you make it at dan's fish then it'll turn bright orange for me and i'm more likely to see it mods if you could direct me to anyone who's uh having trouble getting highlighted that would be appreciated um so with that I, I see a super chat from xenadu thanks on the celebes dan next pseudomogil signifers please oh is that the one you wanted wait wait signifer is celebes right no it's not oh man i was going off mem well i wanted to get celebes anyway that's you know i really did so i remember getting them being being like i think these are the ones xanadu wants now you wanted the signifers all right all right wait now I'm double confused. Guys, camera brain is in full effect. Let me make sure I got the Celebes. Yeah, I got Celebes, not Signifers. Okay, alrighty. Signifers coming up. <laughs> Misfit Reptiles and Aquatics. Do you come across any Pasky Rainbows, Sudamugal at all? I haven't been able to find them and need some more. So, um, what you have is not Pasky. What you have is actually Sudamugal Luminatus. Pseudomogil Pasci, I don't believe, is in the hobby in the United States. Um, there's a, a mislabeling that happens. So a lot of suppliers call Pseudomogil Luminatus Pseudomogil Pasci, even though it is not. In fact, the ones I got were called Pasci, but I know they're not. So, um, yeah, totally different fish from a totally different location. So... Uh, I would say if you have Pasci Rainbows and you want more, what you really want is Luminatus, because that's what you have. Now, there might be one of those true bowheads out there that went on a collecting trip to New Guinea and uh, brought back some Pasci. But short of that, short of like real bowhead freaks having them, they're not going to be distributed um, in the industry. I, I don't think... I don't think there's any any in the United States right now, but I'm sure there's bowheads in here that can verify that or tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong. Johnny says, yes, those silver dollars stay smaller. You got the small guys. Okay, good. So the good news is the silver dollars we have, the spotted silver dollars, don't turn into monsters. I think they're going to top out at 7 to 9 inches. Rico wants some of the Miyuki rice fish. Me too. They're awesome. I, I just, I've sold out and... Need to get some more. 
But they're not available right now. Shoot, did I just go black again? Did my camera just die again? Oh, no, I think I'm just... Yep. What is happening? It might be one of those nights, guys. I wonder if... Is the camera burning up power quicker than it can charge? Oh, man. Okay. We might be switching this whole thing up. Just a second. We might be using the old-style camera. Here it comes. Give me just a moment. To change this camera. All right. This is going to take me just a sec. I've got to... Make a new setting here. Um, desktop cam. And change the camera out to be delete this one. this one okay working on it shoot usually this happens really quick okay we're almost there Man, my apologies for tonight. This is a this is what you call professionalism. There we go. Okay, just a moment. Gotta change one or two things here. We're almost there. Okay. Okay. There we go. We're going to use that old sucker. This is the old, just standard Logitech, not HD or anything. It ain't going to be pretty, but you'll be able to see me. So we'll do that. Now, just one moment. I need to do that and that. Okay. We'll just move that out of the way. Okay, now we can do both screens. Okay, we're back. We're going to hobble along through this one. Um, yeah, sorry guys. That's just the way it's going today. Alright. So, where were we? Kiddos Aquatics is letting me know I wasn't showing the fish. I hope I fix that quickly. hope it wasn't the whole time I was talking about the fish that you weren't seeing them. <laughs> Let's see here. Looking for other comments. 
Hopefully I fix that fast. Eek. Hang on. Gotta see what I did. It's just gonna be one of those nights. Yeah. Kids <laughs> Aquatics, the dollars have ick appearing. Bling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Mikey M. Hi, Dan and everyone. Tonight, got home after the Killy Club meeting. Oh, I miss those meetings. Happy as a kid. Got my epistogramma Hong. Oh. Hong Nai, is that right? Ordered from the Netherlands, and yes, we are planning for a September Killy show. That sounds awesome. Good for you. Well, welcome. Glad you could make the stream. Medina Aquatics, are you ever going to keep any Tanganyikans such as Calvis or Compressiceps? Yes. Um, but I really like cichlids. I used to work at um, a very, very large cichlid breeder and distributor. Um, and be friends with lots of cichlid breeders and stuff. Uh, John Neemans of the Fish House is one of my favorite guys ever, and his facility is amazing, and I miss visiting him and seeing all this cool fish. Um, but the problem is, here my water is super soft, and so it's just not the water that the cichlids are gonna want. And I have a flow-through system, that's how I maintain my aquariums. So there's no way to really harden the water because Every night, they get 30 to 40% water change automatically. So you can't really, if I buffered the water in the day, then the water would change at night and re-soften. They'd be constantly in this system where they'd be going from hard water to soft water and back and forth, right? It wouldn't be stable. And so, um, so I've kept away from the Rift Lake cichlids for that reason, along with a lot of other fish I really like. The good news is when we get in the fish warehouse, oh please, oh please, soon, um, we have access to hard water there. So in that space, we'll have hard water and soft water. We have two water types to choose from. So in that case, um, we will maybe eventually break into some of the Tanganyikans and stuff. I really like them. However, that's not going to be our something we do right away. Um, we're going to stick with the kinds of fish we've been bringing in. I mean, different varieties and things, but um, here's, here's the thing. In general, we want to avoid causing problems. And there are a lot of problems caused um, by selling Rift Lake cichlids. Um, if the customer buying them doesn't realize, oh, these are aggressive, you've created a bloodbath. If they don't realize oh, you need to have several of them in a tank so they can spread aggression and they can get along, you have problems. If, if they don't realize that a mangano or a bumblebee will wipe out their entire tank, you have problems. So there's a lot of education that goes in with selling Rift Lake cichlids. And you, you have to get into that kind of differently, is I guess what I'm trying to say. So it's not something that we're going to do quickly but if we get to the point where we um, but, but being that we're gonna have hard water we will have the option uh, the plan for now would be to do everything we can with the you know peaceful community type fish there's a lot of rare and neat stuff that people never see that that I can help provide and kind of do everything we can there and then if we find that, hey, that's going and we've got all that done, 
then an option would be to start thinking about breaking into riff-like cichlids. But it's it's not um, something that we are thinking about right now. So it's like a, one of those future things that we could do, but not something we have immediate, any immediate plans for, if that makes sense. Wendy, did you say Hummingbird Tetra? Love mine. Hey, yeah. Um, they're not the... The ones that you got are Odontocaracidium. That's the genus. They're the small little dwarfs, I believe. These are the Caracidiums, a different genus. Um, same kind of thing, but these guys get a little bigger. Different animal, same kind of niche. I would say they're more like a, a non-miniaturized uh, Odontocaracidium. Up, oh, chat jumped here. Hold on, here we go. <laughs> I'm still cracking about up about um, Orange Cone's comment. No, you didn't gain viewers, you gained listeners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for sticking around, folks. Sorry, sorry again about that. Um, yeah, I guess it's just yeah. Battery needed time to charge before it could really hold a charge. I might be time to get a new battery. It's it's been a several years so all right w marion what happened to the stellatus octopus plant in the tank behind you not looking so good but the fish still look great oh i have no idea i don't pay any attention i pay no attention to the plants so um someone might have started munching them or one of those akara might have decided to rearrange i, I don't know <laughs> yeah and you know i would get back there and like redo it and everything but again, we're going to be moving anytime. Um, anytime we're going to be moving stuff around, tearing stuff down, all that. So it just didn't make sense to do a full rescape and then be like, hey, that's done. Let's tear it down so we can move. So that's kind of what's going on. Bunny Viper, what's the bluest rainbow fish? Dwarf blue? What's the scientific name, please? And do you have any in stock right now? So I don't know. That's the trouble with common names, right? I'm not sure what the dwarf blue is. Um, scientifically but I would say there's a couple contenders one is Kamaka that might be the one you're talking about Melanotania Kamaka let's go on a field trip these guys are great they, the reason I think this might be the one you're talking about is because this is a more of a dwarf species topping out at about three inches or so they are spectacular they're a nice steel blue, like a light steel blue. I don't think they are the bluest as far as like a saturated blue color, but they're beautiful blue fish and they get this really nice white blaze up the top. And they are stunning. They really are stunning when you walk by and they're all blazed up. But, you know, it's, it's this kind of blue. Like a, it's, it's, it's like a sky blue with a chrome influence, <laughs> like a steel sky blue, I guess. Then another one is Lacustris. Now these guys get really big, so I assume this is not the one you're talking about. Um, bright yellow blaze and a lot of blue on these guys. Big fish though, they get big. And then another one is Chilothrina caliawalum. One of my absolute favorites stunning they don't get the love uh, because it's hard to take a good picture or video of them 
Um, but they frequently display, and when they do, they look really nice and they have a bright blaze. But yeah, uh, uh, is there any picture really showing it? Anyway, a blue little water rocket, a, a Chilothrina species. So those are the three I can think of. I'm assuming that you're talking about Kamaka uh, when we're talking about dwarfs. But uh, I don't know that for sure. So those are my guesses as to what you're talking about. Can 5015, my snowball tiger plecos from you spawned. Yes, goal. Any suggestions on keeping them alive and how healthy should I separate? Lots of food. Um, it's up to you about separating. If there's only plecos in that tank, it's not as necessary. Um, but if you do separate them, you can really feed them a lot and then change the water more, like give them the special care. But the main thing, here's the trick with any little fish, any baby that you're trying to raise. Food in front of them all the time, pretty much, as much as possible anyway, without getting their water dirty. Those are the two dichotomies you have to figure out. How do you keep lots of food in the tank, but not dirty the water? They need clean water and lots of food. So that's pretty much the trick with, with those guys. And they should eat all kinds of stuff. You shouldn't have a problem feeding them. They should be able to rasp on pellets and algae and zucchini and all, all kinds of stuff. So um, I don't think you're going to have a problem. I wanted to say trouble and problem all at once. <laughs> Alexander Englehart, I just saw your super chat for the podcast. <laughs> that might go to a new battery for that camera, Alexander. Thank you so much. Um, but can 5015, that's, that's my thoughts. Um, You can keep them with the with the parents, but uh, which might be good because that might be a more stable environment. Or you could remove them, which might be good because you can give them you know special care and more water changes and more food and stuff like that. So I'm sorry that's not a do this and you'll be successful. But that's that's kind of the the thoughts that come in my mind when I consider a situation like that. Let me wet my whistle. Cheers, everyone. Lady Diane, what do you feed your rice fish? A wide variety, Lady Diane. They are not picky. Um, they get flakes, they get pellets, they get wafers, they get frozen food, they get live food, they get spirulina-based food, they get protein-based foods. Uh, those are an omnivore. And so a wide range of all different kinds of foods would be my suggestion. And that's what we feed them. I haven't met a food that they won't eat. They're, they're not picky at all. Dragon, can male guppies live together without any females? Yes, they might not be as happy, but yes. Two of them have bent spines, and I don't want their genes to be passed down to the offspring. I would say they can. Um, the issue, Dragon, that you might have is if there's two males, um, you might get one that turns dominant and dominates the other one, right? It kind of harasses it all the time. If that happens, you'll probably want to separate them or get more guppies in there to kind of spread that out. But the odds are they're going to get along just fine, especially if there's plants and, and hardscape to block lines of sight and things like that. Or if the tank's just, you know, large enough that they can each have their own little spot. But with just two, you can sometimes get one that is dominates the other one. Kevin D., new to the channel and newish to fish keeping, 
What's the super bright orange fish in the tank behind you? You must have come on when the camera was working, Kevin. <laughs> These are the um, gold roseline barbs, the gold denison barbs. And um, I've got a group that I will be listing. I think Friday will list those. I should have mentioned that. So we do have some that will be available Friday. They're super neat. Um, please go to dancefish.com to the newsletter section and read the article we wrote about them before you get them because there are some things to consider before purchasing that that particular fish there's some things to be aware of so uh, I, I would check that article before you make your final decision Rico Stan do you have an ETN when the blue Miyuki rice fish will be ready no um, I don't have any at the moment I'm sold out Rico Stan I need to get more in so as soon as the supplier has more, I'll get more because um, they're, they're one of my favorites. Absolutely. I think, I think we, ours are, though, the whites. Um, let's, let's take a quick field trip here. Miyuki. Yeah, Miyuki, rice fish, the Miyuki white. Now, here's a funny thing that happens in this industry. Some suppliers call them platinum white. Some suppliers call them, um, well, none of them call them by their right name, <laughs> Miyuki. Some of them call them blue. Some of them call them different things. What they are is a bright white fish with a very light blue iridescence or overtones that you can see at certain angles under certain lights. So I don't list them as blue because I, I think if I sold a, a blue rice fish, people would be, pick, you know, look at it and be like expecting a, a obviously blue fish. The ones that they call blue Miyukis um, are not obviously blue. It's like, it's like a secondary thing that sometimes you can see with the right light at the right angle. So even when I buy the blue Miyukis, in quotes, they sell as white Miyukis because they're actually white. Um, with maybe a secondary little bit of blue. I just feel that that's m less misleading. But they're probably the same fish because suppliers call, call them all kinds of things. <laughs> Alexander, your super chat's still cracking me up. <laughs> For the podcast. <laughs> it's going to be very meta when this is released as a podcast. We'll have the podcast within the podcast. Upper Aquatics, any news on when gifting memberships are going to be a thing on your channel? Yes. Um, so I have avoided doing any memberships on my channel heretofore just because I don't want to do memberships and not add value. Right now, if I did memberships, it would be like, we have memberships. If you like us and you want to support us, you know, become a member. But there's literally no extra bandwidth in our day right now to be able to create any special content or do anything meaningful for the members. And so that's the reason I haven't done it. I just don't feel like... I, I wouldn't feel right about it. But I do have some thoughts about um, how to create a membership program that would add value to the members and it's uh, something that we're 
thinking about and, and getting work done. Um, right now, it's going to take some coding. We have to build some code to, to make it work. At the moment, um, there were a couple big kind of technical projects that had to be done. We had to reconfigure things and change servers, um, change code for the new requirements. As the servers update and things like that, you often have to go through and reconfigure things. So that's a big project that went through recently. And then also we're, we're reformatting um, the backend quite a bit to be more functional and to be able to provide better user experience on the front end as well. So there's a, a new series of APIs that, that need to be built. Basically, it's a new architecture on the back end. It's quite a big project. So that's a priority because once that's done, we can do things like the memberships and all these other things uh, smoothly. Um, I don't want to get into details. This isn't a tech program, but in a in a better architecture that will make things better all around for everybody. So um, once that kind of major necessary project is done, then um, then yes, I have some ideas for memberships and I don't want to divulge them quite yet. I, I want to kind of get it done and then tell you guys what it is. But I, I have an idea of something that I think would be meaningful and actually add value without making me commit to all this extra content and the, the normal things you see in memberships. This would be something pretty darn different for a membership. Johnsworth, which would look better? White Cloud Mountain Minnows? Yes. Rainbow Shiners? Yes. Or something else mid-level on a high flow tank, preferably shoaling or schooling. I don't think you can go wrong with either of those. I like them both. Um, so I guess I would say, how big is the tank? If the tank is on the larger side, rainbow shiners would do great, but they like to swim. Rainbow shiners are larger than mountain minnows, and they like to swim, and they're rapid swimmers. So I would say if the tank is fairly small, I would go with the white clouds. And if the tank is large, I'd go with either one. They're both awesome. I mean, the nice thing about the, the white clouds is you could get a mix, right? You could get some normals and some golds, and some long fins, three different types, all together in the same tank. They'd school together and do their thing and be perfectly happy together. But you would have some variety in the tank. So that could be cool. But uh, the Rainbow Shiners are something else, though, when they grow up and color in. So Rico Stan, oh man, I thought you were waiting on the, the Miyuki rice to pass quarantine. I should have paid more attention. Or I should have spoken more clearly, like... <laughs> I get camera brain bad, Rico Stan. Sometimes I just mix. My thoughts are clear, but my words ain't. <laughs> Orange Coast sound is good <laughs> during the podcast. Glad you all had fun with that snafu. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Xanadudu, I have one male and one female Celebes plus two fry that have survived accidentally. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> Those little babies are tough. Also, small groups of Luminatus and Fricatus cannot find the Signifers and need them. Yeah, I'll, I'll work on it. Um, they were not an option this time around. But uh, 
we'll get them. Orange Cones, once again, saves the show. What a season theater, man. <laughs> yeah, I've, oh, live theater when stuff like that happens? Yeah, it's, this is nothing. This is nothing. Uh, Kayla's Aquatics reminding folks to put the dance fish so that it highlights, so that we get these bright orange boxes that I know are directed at me. That's what I look for when I respond to these questions and comments and jokes and shady thoughts. Underwater, want some free bluegills? I have a collection site of F-Zero population. Woo, always wanted some bluegills. Um, underwater, no. Uh, bluegills are something that are regulated in my state and I don't know how, I mean, we'd have that cichlid problem with aggression and all that. I like sunfish. I've kept red spotted sunfish. I've kept megalotus. Um, I really like native fish a lot. But I don't think that there's a, much in the market in the aquarium world for bluegills. It's not something I could use. Although they're super cool. Alex Repco, hey Dan, need to deworm my pea puffers and currently using Levamisol. What other available meds can be used? What's your deworming procedure? Do you have a, a video about it? Thank you. Yes, I, I have a, a long, long video on, uh, it's, it's Amazon puffers, but you can use the method for uh, pea puffers as well. But here's the things. Um, so Levamisol is very effective against roundworms. Not, not a bad medicine to use at all. Um, when you're done that, give the fish a few days to recover, you know, flush it out of their liver or kidneys or wherever it's metabolized. And then a, a very effective drug is flubendazole. It's similar to fenbendazole, which you can find at your local feed store for deworming, I don't know, horses and dogs and stuff. But flubendazole is um, great because fish can absorb it through their gills and their skin. So it, when you put it in the water with the fish, they actually absorb it into the fish, so it does some good. There are a lot of medicines that we give to our fish that don't actually absorb into the fish. So flubendazole is great. Then after the flubendazole is done, then metroprazi in a mix, like general cure or whatever, is another good one to use as well. So um, if your puffer is like obviously struggling, like it's trying to eat, but it can't swallow the food, um, or it eats and eats and eats, but it, it stays skinny and emaciated, then you probably do need to continue deworming. If the, if the puffer's in great shape, maybe after the levamisol, you let it go and, and don't treat with anything else and just see how it does. Um, I think there's a difference on someone like me who's importing lots of fish and passing them on to a customer versus in, in how we need to treat fish sometimes versus the end consumer or the customer in, in how they need to do it. So I don't know what you're seeing on your end. So I would say there are other dewormers and medicines available. Um, whether you need to use them or not, um, don't know. Taylor Foy, do you import Miyuki white rice fish from out of the country? Yes. If anyone in the country supplies them, if you breed a bunch, I'd love to buy them from you. There has, there is a, a breeder in the United States that I have been able to source them from before, but um, demand is so high that we sold out of that batch pretty quick and had to, you know, find a, a source from out of the country. But I like to buy stuff from hobbyists in the United States when possible. 
Um, they generally need to be in fairly large batches and I can pay it 25% of the retail costs shipped. That's what I can pay. Okay, hang on. I'm scrolling up here. Oh, I saw something about Congo spotted puffers. Underwater asks, Congo spotted puffers, thoughts on them, debating between figure eights and them, but brackish requirements seem not too researched. No, figure eights almost definitely are going to need brackish long term. Like, please don't get a figure eight and keep it long term in fresh water. Now, maybe some people can do that, but it's not natural to them from what I understand. Congo spotted puffers, between those two, I would definitely do the Congo spotted puffers. Fresh water and... Um, not like super peaceful community fish, but can be kept together. Um, less of a, a pretty hate machine than a figure eight. And they don't get as big from what I remember. I can't remember if that's actually accurate right now, but I think that's true. Bunny Viper, I bought a tree of Epiplatysex fasciatus from you quite a while back, but now I have 10. <laughs> Goal! I have some great fish, but I'd be hard-pressed to pick a favorite. However, I love those killies. Thanks. You're welcome. I love them, too. Always glad when someone else gets into the killies. It's my favorite group of fish of all time. And Bunny Viper, I hope you're doing well. It's nice to hear from you, as always. Toad Tamer. Hi, Dan. I got a rainbow that's a bit bloated, not eating. Ooh. Um, have gone through a course of Canaplex Prazi and no change. Any ideas on what's next? No other fish showing signs of distress. I don't know Toad Tamer. That's a real tough one. Um, bloating itself is generally not a disease. It's a symptom. And things that can cause that are um, loss of ability to osmoregulate or internal organs starting to fail. Um, it's, it's a serious thing. So Canaplex is... I think your best shot and you've already used it. Now I'm not a veterinarian, so you know, take everything I say medically with a grain of salt. But the nice thing about Canaplex is it, it's an antibiotic that, again, like flubendazole, will absorb into the fish internally. So if there's an internal infection, you've at least got a shot of the medication coming in contact with it. Whereas lots of antibiotics don't are not absorbed easily through the skin and gills. So they might take care of external things, but not so much internal things. Um, again, that's that's what I've researched, so that's what I've read in my research, but not, not a doctor or anything. Totemer, I wish I could help you, but when my fish have bloating issues and things like that, it's try a couple things and cross your fingers is the best I can do for my own fish. Um, salt can be a little helpful if it is uh, osmoregulation failure then five grams of salt per liter could help. Uh, take some pressure off the uh, osmoregulatory system. So that could be helpful. Um, the honest truth is I don't, once fish get to that stage, the likelihood that they'll come back and my experience has been small. Now, don't use salt if you've got a bunch of plants in the tank or anything like that, right? You need kind of a, there's things that salt damages including live plants. So just be a little careful about that. But it does really does well for the fish. Jess Aquatics, hey Dan, could you get L306? Let's see what that one is. The L306 Pleco. Let's go on a field trip. L306. 
Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if I've seen this actual Pinoculus on the lists. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. Um, so, the breeder I usually buy them from does not have... I've never seen them on their stock list. So, um, not from there, which is my preferred place to buy Placostomus. However, um, I have a new supplier who um, I can get wild-collected Placostomus from. And... Um, I've avoided bringing in any wild Placostomus for a long time just because back in the day when it used to be something that I was familiar with, they come in with all kinds of problems. It was a big issue. Um, this supplier has assured me that they've found ways over the last, you know, it's been more than a decade since I brought some in, maybe, I don't know, 15 years, um, just because I was so disgusted with how it was going. But they've assured me that, you know, they've learned a lot and things have changed. And so I have tried um, this last order. I did bring in uh, two species of wild-caught plecos. And so far, they're doing great. I have to say, they're doing wonderfully. So I think that I might try a few more from this supplier and, you know, develop the relationship. And as long as things go well, then, then anything I can get from the breeders, I will get from the breeders, because I think that's always the best way to do it. Unless you need, like, fresh blood. You know, if, if things are getting inbred and the genes are getting too compact, <laughs> and you, you don't want to be the royal family, and you need a little fresh blood, then yeah, you know, get some wilds, get some fresh blood in there, something like that. But in general, I like to support breeders, and uh, take... It's just a... It's just a less rigorous... Uh, uh, supply chain if I can get them from this breeder. So I'll do that even though they cost more. But the 306s are not on there so if this other supplier keeps doing a good job and they have 306s I might be able to bring some in sometime. But it's not something I remember seeing, no. Orange Cones, is my TT quest really over just checking? It is. It is. We've got all the parts of the tipper tie machine finally. Um, what was that orange cones? 265 days that it took? <laughs> Something like that? Yeah, it arrived today. Cheers orange cones, thanks for all your help getting that that piece of equipment here. Appreciate it. Johnsworth, any book suggestions for Asia Indo freshwater fish? I'm gonna send you to the aquatic bookshop, Johnsworth. Seahorses.com. A large part of my youth was spent in this bookstore, um, just surrounded by fish books. Let me link it here. It's seahorses.com. If you email, go to the website and email them. I don't know anyone who knows more about fish books than Jim Forche, the owner of the aquatic bookshop. And if those books exist, He'll know it and um, can point you in the right direction or acquire it for you. Johnsworth, thanks for the advice on turning the temp down a bit. My electric blue cars are no longer psycho parents killing the happy vibe in my tank. Awesome. Glad it worked. Sometimes it's, it does. You know, it's, a, it's also a trick that, uh, 
that you can do for things like angelfish when they want to spawn. Um, and they keep beating things up and you want to calm the tank down a bit. Freshwater Dreaming. That's a good username. This is my first time outdoor tubbing. Cool. I noticed the fish don't surface at feeding time like they used to in the tank. Should I worry? Um, I don't know because I'm not there to actually see what you're seeing, but I would not say that it's abnormal when fish go through a large transition to be surface shy for a while. That's where the predators come from often. So um, as long as they are getting food, I wouldn't stress. And eventually they'll learn that you're the food man from the top, right? Or woman, the food person from the top and, and come up when you come to feed. I mean, depending on the species, there's a few species of fish that are just perpetually shy. But in general, think about what happens when you get a new fish in your tank, right? It, depending on the species and how socialized they are, um, they've just gone through a large transition, everything's new, they don't know where they are, they don't have a territory yet, they don't know where the hiding spots are, they feel very exposed, right? They're, they're nervous. And so the first while, when you go up to feed, they go hide right and you feed and then you leave and then they'll come out and eat um, I think the same thing happens with outdoor tubbing for sure so I don't know how long the fish have been in there but my guess is that they'll settle in and get used to you and, and start eating eventually we have 218 folks here and it is uh, we've only got 12 minutes left I think it's time to do the giveaway so the giveaway tonight is provided by Iowa Aquatic Hobbyists. They are providing all the giveaways for the entire month of May. So it's May, it's Iowa Aquatic Hobbyists Month here at Dance Fish. <laughs> um, today's giveaway is everything you see in the thumbnail for the live stream. Ten awesome kinds of food, a wide variety of food. How many pounds is this? That's one pound, two pounds almost three pounds of food two to three pounds two and a half to three pounds of food um, if my quick sketchy head math is correct and a wide variety so it's over 70 bucks worth of food most of it made right here in the USA so um, Iowa aquatic hobbyists if you are looking for a Facebook community um, stop by and consider them in your search and see if that's where you want to land but thanks Iowa aquatic hobbyist Iowa, I said Iowa, <laughs> Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist for um, for providing the giveaways for this month. That's awful generous of you. With that, let's draw the winner. And the winner is Chris George. Chris George, you have won a whole smorgasbord of food provided by um, Guppy Barn Aquatics, courtesy of Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist. So we'll give you two minutes to chime in. Let us know you're here because you do need to be present to win. If after two minutes, yep, there you are. Chris George is here. Chris, would you send us an email to hello at dancefish.com? That's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com. Your first, your last name. Actually, we just need your email because we'll forward that to uh, the folks doing the giveaway and, and they can arrange uh, for the address and shipping date and all that with you. So just send us an email, hello at dancefish.com and we will... Uh, forward that on and get you situated. John Keith Gardner, are Roseline Barbs good tank mates for rainbows? I think they are. Yeah, I've, I've done that several times and they seem to get along really well. Bunny Viper, just wanted to thank you 
for the fact that you try to train your fish to such a varied diet. I'm always amazed at what my Achilles and archers are willing to try. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you can get archers to eat spirulina flakes, believe it or not. And every now and then, it's probably not bad. Give them some veggies. Um, you know, in the wild, they're going to be eating a lot of insects, and those insects are going to be eating veggies. And so when the archers eat the insects, they're also eating the veggies that are in the gut of the insect, right? Gut-loaded insects. So, yeah, wide variety is key, I think, for most fish. And you're welcome, Bunny Viper. Thank you. That's very nice to say. Rico Stan, my mistake. I thought you showed some blue rice fish. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah. We already talked about that one. I could have said the words wrong, too. <laughs> wrong wording. I do wrong wording quite a lot. <laughs> Last week, what was it? They were asking about golden rams and Bolivian rams. And in my mind, I thought they were talking about golden rams and German rams, not Bolivian. And, yeah, I, I do wrong all the time. But I do wrong, right? <laughs> Wendy, I recently purchased a used 15-gallon cube. It came with Malawa shrimp. Wow, they are algae killers. I finally found some more on eBay to add to the colony. But why are they not more popular? I don't know. I've never heard of this. Malawa shrimp. Let's see what this is. Malawa. This is a new one to me. Now, I am far from a shrimp expert. Um, I, I have two kinds. I have cherry shrimp and I have blue dream shrimp. Um, blue dreams provided by an amazing breeder. We're really happy with that strain. So, yeah, I don't know why, but good to know. Sounds like if you're looking for algae control, Malawa shrimp might be another option. What kind of algae, um, Wendy, are, are they eating? Let's see here. Underwater Congo. Okay. Already talked about that one. Bunny Viper, will you ever get long finned white clouds? Well, I tried, Bunny Viper. I ordered 300 of them and I got the fish in and they're super healthy and all that stuff. Um, but, I mean, they arrived in great shape, but um, they weren't long finned. So I have a bunch of white clouds in quarantine right now. Um, they're not long finned, unfortunately. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> That's what I ordered, not what I got. Brad Morgan, expecting a shipment of your Leopoldi Angels tomorrow. Super excited. Any suggestions? I'm glad you got them. They're such a neat species of angelfish. Um, honestly, they're pretty easy. They eat everything. They're kind of totally used to aquarium life at this point. I'd say have, have a side with some cover in it. For the first week, they're probably going to be pretty shy. But uh, once they learn that you're the food person, yeah, they, they're not going to be shy anymore. <laughs> so, no, I honestly, I think that they're, they seem just as easy as your standard angelfish so far to me. Um, maybe they're a little more sparry. Like they, they spar more, they kind of challenge each other more, perhaps, than your standard angelfish. But what I think that actually might be is that I think they mature at a smaller size. So angelfish, their current size, would not spar as much, but adult angelfish would. So I think what we're probably seeing is not so much they spar more, just they mature younger. So they spar earlier than uh, 
than standard angelfish. But Brad, honestly, I think they're going to do great for you. They've been rock solid here. I'm dragging there. Say your, I see your comment about food monkey. I don't know what it means though. Maybe I misspoke. Did I say monkey instead of money or something? I don't know. <laughs> Camera brain can't remember that far back. Okay, we have five more minutes. We can get to a few more of these. Okay, scrolling to find where we jumped. Da, 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 da. Devin, what breed of non-Coidors catfish would you breed for profit if you could pick one? I know I, the beholder, just curious. So a catfish that is not a Coridoras species for profit. Well, I would probably start with albino ancestris, albino bushinos. Um, just because I think there's a market for them and they're easy. So to get started with something besides Cory's, that's a catfish. That might not be a bad one to start. Um, and once you learn how they spawn, then you'll know if you like doing it or not. And if you do, maybe you can branch out into different kinds of Placostomus. Yeah, that's my answer. I don't know if it's the best one, but that's what I came up with. <laughs> Crown tail half moon, my Libera sore tails are getting skinny. What meds can I use? Prozipro, Metro, or Levamisol? Should I use three combined? So hard, Crown tail, because if it's a, a roundworm, you want Levamisol. If it's a certain class of protozoans, you want Prozy and Metro. I wouldn't do Prozy and Metro and Levamisol together. I would do Prozy and Metro together, then give the fish a few day break after that whole series of treatments is done, and then do Levamisol or vice versa, but I wouldn't combine them. Um, or is it an external thing? There's all kinds of external protozoan that can get on fish and, and suck the energy out of them, so maybe you need ICX. Um, or maybe it's a virus. Or it could be bacterial. Like the, the problem is, without until we know what it actually is, it's hard to say what we should treat with. However, I would say that for me, um, Prozimetro, Levamisol, and Flubendazole are probably all ones that would be in my arsenal. I wouldn't use them all at once, but they would all be in my arsenal. And best of luck to you. I, I wish I could help you more, but it's rough with fish and medicine and illness. Uh, even for a veterinarian that's examining them in person, it's rough. Me, Joe Hobbyist, you know, reading a comment, that's, that's real hard. But I do wish you the best. Medina Aquatics, miss your live unboxing videos. Will, will you be doing them again anytime soon? Um, I don't think so. Maybe. I stopped for two reasons. One was um, I felt like I wasn't getting to the fish as quickly as I should. And I feel like a moral imperative when I have the fish to unbox them as quickly as I can to triage and make sure no one has problems, get them out of their bags as fast as I can. Sometimes the bags be nasty, right? Um, and so I kind of felt like I was delaying the, I was compromising what was best for the fish in order to make a video. I did feel that a little bit, so I quit. And then the other reason, and I haven't looked at this lately, but 
Um, I think it's a fairly small audience for unboxings, so it is something I like doing, but I was worried about, I just felt weird doing it when the fish were not being tended to as quickly as they could be if I wasn't doing it. That's really what it came down to. Okay, one more and we'll close it out. Glass Box Aquarius 5.5 gallon beta tank planted heater and sponge filter. Autos or pygmy quarries? Uh, honestly, Glass Box Aquarius, I, I would not probably do either one without a plan B. Um, if you are worried about algae control, I would go with the autos. If you just want cute little tank mates, you could try the quarries. But I'd have a plan B for either of those. Um, you never know what kind of beta you're going to get. So if you need to separate, I'd be able to do that. <laughs> now, I've kept bettas with lots of different species of fish. I'm not saying you can't do it. But some of them go aggro, and some of them are peaceful their whole lives. So it depends. And the, one of the issues with autos and other and quarries and other fish that can sometimes sit still is Sometimes the bed is real curious and it'll come down and it'll it'll maybe uh, see an eyeball and be very curious how that tastes. So if I was to keep a fish with a betta, it would probably be, and I'm not saying it couldn't work with these species you've mentioned, but it would probably ideally be something that swims fast enough, it doesn't have to zip around like a zebra danio, but is active enough that it's not going to be sitting there still with a juicy eyeball or a neat tail fin sticking up to be nipped, right? It, the the better would have to chase it down as opposed to just come across it. Um, so that's number one. And number two in that is that the fish itself is not a nipper because lots of fish will nip at betta's fins. So that's glass box, of course. That's kind of the, the things uh, I think to consider when making that decision. All right, it's 8.30. We got to shut it down. Thanks for sticking with us, even though we had uh, camera troubles. We'll be back next week, though. I'll double-check when I charge it that it's... I thought it was, though. I thought I saw the charging light on. It, it might be just time to get a new battery. Anyway, we'll try to make that not happen again. <laughs> I want to start by thanking my moderators, as I always do every week, because without them, we don't have a stream. So thanks for modding to the mods. Uh, everyone that threw money at us, thanks for the super chats. Always appreciated. Never required. But we are a startup, so at this point in our business cycle, every little bit of income helps. So we greatly appreciate it. Uh, everyone that was active with questions and comments, thanks for being here. Thanks for helping make the stream lively. If you were lurking, hail the Lurker Nation. I lurk all the time. <laughs> um, if you're watching the replay, hello from the future. And uh, But it's the past now. Hello from another time. And if you're listening on the podcast, enjoy the meta podcast. And thanks to Michael Melier for making the podcast possible. With that, we'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I hope you have a great week. Thanks, and bye-bye. <laughs>